Sledge Lords episode whatever. Danny, you had a pretty dramatic weekend, and I'm laughing in your face because I've tried to tell you before that this is what happens when you listen to indie rock or pop punk or whatever the hell you went there for. So you're taking pleasure in my pain. I never seen this happen out of Rolling Loud, buddy. I gotta switch genres. They had a stage collapse. Astro World. A bunch yeah. of children got trampled during a rap infused mosh pit. Mm. But at least they didn't cancel for no pussy ass wind. Wind. It fucked me up. We're gonna get into the Vegas story. I just gotta say, before I walked in here, I mentioned to the staff that I have a staff infection on my knee. Do you? I do. And right when I said that, the first person to pipe up is Trevor, and he's like, Oh, did you get that shit from the Sacramento River? <laughs> and I just, like, and it wasn't like a joke. It was he sincerely thought there was a 60% chance I got this from swimming in the Sacramento River. And he knows that you do jiu-jitsu, too, which is like a very obvious way to get a staff infection. Yeah, but I love it how much of the staff here is from Sacramento. And you do double vaginal, which is I do another great vaginal. way to get it. I occasionally share a needle. But these guys are just... Sacramento is just, it's like 80% of their brain. Like, they wow. can't comprehend anybody getting an infection outside of Sacramento. Damn, I, I, I would have not thought of that. That's funny that he wouldn't be like, did you get it from some dirty surface that he would hone in directly on yeah. the river? The river. And, like, it's been probably, Trevor, eight years since I swam in the Sacramento River. So unless right. it's, like, third-stage syphilis and it's very delayed, I think it was probably jujitsu. Wow, yeah, I would assume. The Rolling around with a sweaty man, that'll do it. But yeah, you you decided because okay, this from my perspective, I would never go to one of these types of shows for the, you know, realistically unless I had a really good reason. But I see people like Josh. This is the kind of fucking festival that has the type of flyer that will make anyone who grew up on Tony Hawk Pro Skater mm -hmm. or who grew up going to Warp Tour or anything like that, if you have this sort of cultural background, yeah. you look at this flyer, you're like, My Chemical Romance and Blink-182 and No Effects and every, you know, like, and probably I'm getting some of the bands wrong because it's a little bit more like 2000s era emo, metalcore, punk, etc. Yeah. right? You know, it's it's not like... 90s although there's definitely probably some bands from the yeah. 90s yeah it spanned anywhere from the late 90s bright eyes for example and then right. it goes all the way up to bring me the horizon okay which so, were total yeah. 2008 myspace bands yes yeah we can it's, maybe it's a nostalgia fest it's total nostalgia and fest. what's it called once upon a time <laughs> no that's <laughs> i think a, a local fairy tale reading group what is he called? When we, totally when we were young. When we were young. When we like that's any less gay. <laughs> it's pretty bad. It's pretty. Once upon a, but there is a festival called Once Upon a Time. I think a music festival. I don't know. Maybe they sing Mother Goose nursery rhymes. When we were young. But I wanted to go because. That, yeah, that was the stuff I got into in high school. Right. It's not good music looking back on it, with the exception Don't of... Don't do that. No, it's, it's good. I, you liked it at the time, so it's good. I like My Chemical Romance still. I still, when I'm hiking my ass up hills, when I'm doing bench press in a gym, I will put on the Black Parade in order remember, to get a few more reps out. I remember hearing My Chemical Romance in like 2004, and it was like at a time in my life where I was totally ready to be done with all the emo and, and punk stuff that I listened to in high school, and I was fully like, no, I listen to rap now. And then I saw a My Chemical Romance video on MySpace, and I was like, fuck, that shit's catchy. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Even though, like, culturally, I don't relate to this 
weird ass white face paint wearing ass mm-hmm. whatever the fuck mm-hmm. you know i'm just looking at him like i don't like you like the same feeling you get when you look at like freddie mercury where it's like you well, made some you badass like- songs bro but i don't want to like hang out with you you wouldn't share a needle with freddie <sighs> i mean if i was going to be using a needle it would probably be an emergency so an emergency to get high no an emergency <laughs> like if i if i needed like insulin okay you need insulin i would but- not share a needle to get high I wouldn't. I wouldn't even just do the drug in general. I wouldn't do it if I had my own needle. I don't want to do heroin at this time. Yeah, me either. Maybe in our golden years. The festival, though. Yeah, My Chemical Romance, sweet. Right. And they did. They pulled out another dress-up trick at the festival, though I wouldn't know because I woke up hungover, is all get up on Saturday morning. Okay. And I, you know, I planned accordingly for the festival. We what went did out. you do Friday night? Well, Friday night, my girl and I went out. I had a good time. We had a good time in Vegas. So you guys going out means you get drunk and then fight? No. Oh, okay. No, no. It was very <laughs> Just peaceful. Get drunk? We went to the secret in Vegas, I think, is going out to either pool parties or locals bars. That's my, are you going to get us age restricted again with that? Uh, no, I don't with think that weed. tobacco with we that smoke clove weed all tobacco. The time on here. I don't think that does it. I think that's the, not weed. I think the weed ads does it. Yeah, we were pretty aggressive about the one where we got high on. Yes, well, that yeah, it was yeah. all over the title. It was everywhere. Yeah. But but okay, it, so you you know haven't been invited to any fancy clubs or anything. Normally, when I go to Vegas, I don't go out at night. At I don't all. like how you just turned that into a dig. Well, I'm just saying that. Did like, else catch that? Okay, this is my thing. Is that like I've had. Two weekends in a row now where I could do whatever I want. I know that I know tons of people who go out and do all kinds of fancy stuff. I have no interest. I'm just like having to accept that about myself is that all these people think going out is super cool and I just don't care at this point in my life. Mm-hmm. If you're not going out to get pussy, I don't see any point. And then I think about my life and I'm like, all you did your entire life was work at making money slash making content because a lot of times I make content that basically didn't make any money. And getting ass. The only yeah. two things I really have done with my entire life. What about work on your bar spins? That's what I'm saying. Like in, in some twisted way in my brain. Well, you know, I had the bike riding thing for sure. But then I like figured out a way to kind of like make that into a business, you know, yeah. after like 10 years. Oh, yeah. There wasn't enough pussy and money in BMX. Yeah. Going out to a club if you're not trying to get laid. You're, I don't get it. You're paying 10x the value of the alcohol. That's what you're doing. You're getting your eardrums blown out by shitty, we've already covered this, EDM music. And then you're just hopping up and down, pumping your fist in the air. Why do we need this? The only reason why I would go out is to network. Is to just like meet people when they're in this like social state, meet people, get interviews, etc. Which negates the whole point of the idea of it just being for fun. Mm-hmm. Because I would clearly be going out to do it mm-hmm. because I think that it would be advantageous for me business wise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, for me, I don't really want to spend like four or five hours at the end of the day standing up in a loud club just because it might have some marginal effects on my business. Mm-hmm. No. But that's just me. But when you go somewhere with your girl, oh yeah, you have to pretend that you want to leave the hotel room. You have to pretend. <laughs> you have to go out and like all. sip some Jack and Cokes together. Yeah. I had to go to the bathroom, crush up about three lines to get myself <laughs> steeled mentally to you go You really out. doing Coke? No. I did oh. a little bit of Adderall. Ooh, nice. that's, sort of, that's a bad habit of mine. I, I'll pick up some Adderall. Actually, some college kids. So I took advantage of my position in this world and uh, you got Adderalls frat fans? Boy. Yeah, frat boy fan. <laughs> And I went over to the campus with like a with a backpack on my back, a, a backwards ball cap, trying to blend in. And I just went up into the frat house, and one of them hooked me up. How long does this take you? 
I was actually filming in the area. I sort of knew the guys. You filmed the Adderall pickup? No, no. I filmed something. Actually, you know, I filmed probably a moment before and after the Adderall pickup. I'm hoping to God we didn't actually pick that up on camera. But I I had the Adderall, though. I had a realization that everybody in those poker tournaments I was playing at the main main event in uh, Vegas, that all those people are on Adderall. Yeah. Like all day. Yeah. That's what I heard. How long is an average poker game going? If you want to play the main event, you might be there for like 12 days of like 10 hours a day. So yeah, Adderall seems pretty reasonable, right? Because you get really tired and like moody and irrational over the course of that time period. Like you're just a normal person. So at some point, but for me, I can't imagine doing Adderall. The only reason I do it is because I go to bed really early. I'm in bed by 9 p.m. and I'm asleep by 10 p.m. every night. And so if I'm in Vegas... That doesn't jive. Yeah. I can't do that. If I want to have a good time, which before this, I hadn't drank since July. But if I do Adderall, I'm going to be up chewing my lip at 5 a.m. Yeah. It's that was too prob- much. That was. Do I look good right now? I would have to bite off a little chunk. All right. So you wake up. You're hungover as fuck, but you've, you've got tickets for this nostalgia fest. I've got tickets. Yeah. Well, that night, too, we actually, um, my girlfriend and I tried to recruit a stripper hmm. somewhere. At first, we're at the bar. There are a couple fans of the channel there. I'm feeling good. I'm taking shots. I'm doing drinks. Eventually, we make it known that, hey, we're trying to go to Palomino Strip Club. And anybody who wants to come, preferably women, you know, I'm fucking Danny Mullen. Mm. I don't need a bunch of stinky dudes cramping my style. Right. Like, hey, hop in an Uber with us. And have you guys had a lot of threesomes? No, just one. Okay. But that wasn't necessarily the goal. We just wanted some feminine energy, I yeah, think, yeah, yeah, yeah. to when break... You- yeah. I mean, I got it. It's it's good. You know, paparazzi ever photograph you walking around with a couple bitches? It looks nice. It's definitely a good look. When it's just me and my girl walking around, cool. But if I have, like, five girls following me, everybody just acts like I'm so much cooler, even though it's, like, like whatever. Like, well, we're just it, hanging out. That's something. Yeah. Those four extra vaginas go a long way. And just, I wanted at yeah. least one more. It shows a real dominance as a man. Absolutely. So did you find any girls to hang out with? A girl comes out of the woodwork. I was pretty drunk at this point. I don't remember how. She's like, oh, yeah, I actually strip at Spearmint Rhino. I know all the spots to go to. My type. So we hop in the vehicle, and I my head starts turning, and I'm like, you know what? The Adderall starting to wear off. It's now 2 a.m. I'm tired. We've got a stripper. Why are we going to go pay a cover? Break a hundred, so I have a bunch of ones. Josh, and then, can you get a nice TikTok clip of this for like approximately ten seconds of us doing this podcast together? Thank you. Follow me, Adam Twenty Two on TikTok. We cannot keep the TikTok out of the podcast. So you've got a stripper. I got a stripper, and I'm thinking like, why not save hundreds of dollars and about two miles of driving? Why don't we just go back to the Mandalay Bay? My girl and I put our feet up on the bed and have this chick take her top off. Love it. Yeah. Why don't we just get a personal strip show? Sounds like a great time but okay you run into the problem of like a lot of times your desire to go back and fuck is way stronger than your girl's desire whereas your girl is thinking like i I have unlimited party energy i want to stay out later i want to get more fucked up Uh meanwhile in your brain you're like no i want to go back to the place where it's most likely that we're gonna all have sex (laughs) that's my brain at least yeah I, i think i don't think i necessarily wanted to fuck this chick I was content to Adam is giving me eyes of pure skepticism right now. No, I respect it. But one thing, my my girl's party brain that you were talking about, the whole time we were at the bar, it was pretty funny because though I was drunk on the Adderall, you're also hyper aware of what's going on. So I was watching as a male stripper, first of all, with an OnlyFans, spent 15 or 20 minutes sweet talking my chick. Oh, love that. God knows what was said there. Wow. And then there were these creepy pickup artist dudes 
who had clearly picked up like a mystery or a Tyler Durden PDF within the last couple of months and they were trying out their new game. These guys come out in collared shirts. They got their hair slicked back. And these dudes were like squirrels stealing pieces of your lunch when you're trying to have a picnic. Because anytime I turned my back for more than five seconds, I turn around and one of these dudes has his phone out trying to get her fucking fucking phone number. Wow. I can't handle this. I don't want to be around this sort of energy. It was all right. And I was, to my girl's credit, one time I was watching eagle-eyed from afar while one of these dudes put his phone over to her. She entered a name, Tanya, (laughs) and an area code starting with a seven that I didn't recognize. But why does she just say, no, get away from me? No need for a conflict. Here we go. The proper thumbnails. We got got a photographer on site. Okay. But But we we get back to the Mandalay Bay. Here, we're going to get to the part that everybody wants to hear. Yeah, yeah. I want to know if... If you did double vaginal again, so that's I, how you got stuffed. Maybe that's a cooler story than jumping in the Sacramento River. I want to try to lean know into that. that. Yeah, maybe you could have a threesome in the Sacramento River. <laughs> get AIDS. Yeah, <laughs> I uh, I give my girlfriend the key to the room, and I'm like, "Hey, baby, make sure insert name here is comfortable." I'm going to pick up some supplies, Ooh. so I go straight to the shop downstairs at the casino, and I buy six condoms. I don't know, in case I run into five black men in the elevator, I guess. <laughs> I don't know why six. Uh, I buy three tall cans of uh, seltzer. What, right. is what is it? Uh, White Claw? Right. Those are in my car still. Three shots of Jack Daniels and maybe some chewing gum wow. to stay fresh. No water? No water. Come on, dude. <laughs> okay. We'll worry about the hydration issues the next day. But as I get into the elevator... Who's coming down but the stripper chick? Right. And she tells me and my girlfriend, my girlfriend's in the elevator too, that her boyfriend just called and she has to go most reluctantly. But Adam, I I don't – this is why I don't think my mind was really in the threesome mode because I wasn't pissed off at the least. I was like, well, I still have all this alcohol and right now a powerful Adderall boner is starting to take shape. Uh Uh-huh. I'm going to go unleash hell. Yeah, but unleashing that on two chicks instead of one would be pretty tight, right? Yeah, it'd be pretty tight. Or at least have one watch. You know, have one watch. Just get something spicy going. But, dude, that hotel room, I'm going to say right now, we got the bathtub running. (laughs) We did. I don't know what came over us. It was pure anal. Whoa. My girlfriend, when she's ovulating she's not on birth control so when it's she calls it a red day uh-huh. she's got some sort of birth control method where she takes her temperature lets her know if it's a green day or a so red day. so she's super anal down well she hung out with that chick stella anal chi- princess anal princess <laughs> who uh, a certain employee walked up to me the other day and said are you i don't know if i'm allowed to ask you this but are, are you gonna have the anal princess on plug talk is that certain employee a woman uh, is she a fan of anal princess yes chicks love anal princess i did i had no idea people called her this because i know i know her by her actual name but my girlfriend for anybody who doesn't know she met my girlfriend's a sushi server she right. met anal princess at the sushi restaurant anal princess was a customer after my girlfriend had just been telling me about her like the day before. So it was a pretty fortuitous meeting. Anal Princess comes on our podcast. My girlfriend starts hanging out with Anal Princess and is just getting a straight up like the kind of indoctrination that goes on in North Korea. She's getting that, but it's pro anal sex. Wow. So so you got an existing butt slut getting coached into even further butt sluttery by a more extreme butt slut. I am in a state of bliss. Woo. 
at him. At I, a hibachi restaurant. At a hibachi restaurant. Well, that's how you met him. And then, yeah, my and my girlfriend's like, yeah, I don't know. Do you? Do, I know, Danny. We had plans tonight, but Stella wants to hang. Oh, yeah, go hang out with Stella. Yeah, you should definitely see her. She goes back to Costa Rica soon, right? Without you. Yeah, I just want her spending as much time with this girl as possible. To just get coached into being more into anal, dude. I would want to be there, dude. Adam, the on Saturday night, or excuse me, on Friday night in Las Vegas, right? It, we we pulled out all the stops, dude. Yeah, it was just an anal extravaganza. Should have gone downstairs to the lobby, get another guy, get in there, <laughs> just find a dude. <laughs> Could you do that? Like roam around the the lobby? I'm like, sure it wouldn't have been difficult. You want to bang my girl's ass? It's not my style. I'm showing sure. her Instagram. <laughs> Check out my video. <laughs> I would have gotten some takers. But, dude, it was like her on top, in the bathtub, on the bed. All right. At this point, you're just talking about fucking your girlfriend. So I've had enough of this. Um, Let's move on. So, okay, you wake up the next day. You're super hungover. Her butt is like a fucking gaping, saggy sock. <laughs> and you say what? This is when I would start trying to figure out how I was going to bail on the on the festival. Oh, I thought you were about to say bail on the relationship. Mm-hmm. And baby, your uh, your asshole now looks like the footwear of a forty five year old <laughs> Jewish guy at an equinox. Right? Uh, no, we can't do this anymore. We can't. You wake up. We wake up, and I get a text. My head is throbbing, as you'd expect. Right. Because when you're on Adderall, you can drink unlimited amounts of booze. Right. And so you're not keeping up with the water drinking, and you get really dehydrated. I grab my phone. But actually, before I even grab my phone and get any news, I was just sorry. I was doing a thumbnail face. Okay. I thought you were mocking me. It's okay. No, I was doing a thumbnail. I start hearing. It sounds like, it sounds like it's nine eleven outside, and I'm in World Trade Center South Tower. Okay. Meaning, I'm thinking jetliners are buzzing. The 27th floor of the Mandalay Bay. It's that windy in Vegas. I realize it's really fucking windy outside. How does this happen? I don't think I've ever had something canceled because of wind before. You want me to explain the concept of uh, high pressure zones and where the wind comes from? Nah, that's all right. But so there was a lot of there was a lot of wind. And I'd seen it on the weather app a couple days leading up to this. And I it was everything was beautiful in Las Vegas Monday through Friday and Sunday and Monday and Tuesday Saturday had the little icon okay the that's what you imagine the sound of the icon to be that's wind for everybody out there I start texting my buddy who lives in Vegas I'm like dude it says there's gonna be a windstorm on Saturday gusts up to 60 miles per hour and you think music festivals, you're thinking the big towers, the stages. That's what I'm saying. Everything seems pretty heavy. It's not going to blow away, right? But then again, those things are sails, dude. The what? stages look like Spanish galleons up there. They just have, because behind the stage are all the LED screens, all the banners that say, like, you know, the starting line, August burns red. Right. It's like a gigantic Corsair, like a ship. And that scares me. When I put those two things together, oh, yeah, I was worried about the wind. And now it sounds like a 747 is buzzing my hotel window. Wow. I throw open the curtains. The palm trees are all horizontal Wow. with wind. And I see I got a text from one of the dudes I met at the bar that night. Dude, I heard the festival's canceled. So fucking sorry, man. Wow. This festival that I'd planned on going to for six months. That it, they probably planned for, like, I don't know, at least a year. Yes, and it was dozens of people working their asses off on this project. Millions of dollars spent booking some of the biggest bands in the world. Paramore, 
Avril Lavigne, My Chemical Romance, Bring Me the Horizon. Next year, it's going to be Green Day, Blink-182. This is a really top-dollar festival. Let's see what the wind has to offer next year. Dude, I don't know if I'm going to go. But also, like, these bands were all the kind of bands where you like four songs. Yeah. The kind of bands that if they rolled through your city, you would never stay up late and have to work. You wouldn't risk being tired the next morning to go see... Um, the story of the year, for instance. I like the uh, this idea, though. They should all have, like, 20-minute sets. Exactly. Because most of them don't really have that much more than that to offer. Yeah. And the only way I would ever go see any of these bands is if they were all together yeah. and it was one big super event. And they're like, most of these bands are in that situation where they would be playing clubs to, like, 300 people all over America. Yeah. But instead, they... Bring them all together where you get to have a million people. It makes you feel famous for a minute. Absolutely. Like the lead singer from Armor for Sleep, like he better have fucked this weekend because he's been, it's been slow in that regard since 2007. Right. But all of those bands, I'm so excited to see them. This is my childhood going on here and it's canceled. Right. And right after they cancel it, chaos starts erupting all over the strip. I really regret that I wasn't out there filming a video because it would have been fascinating. Crazy stuff starts happening because there's all these frustrated indie rock fans. Yes. Really? And the indie rock fans that are going out there, we saw them all over the strip. They're all between 30 and 40 years old. They're all predominantly working class, I would say. Adam, you're in the 1% of guys with face tattoos. Right. As far as income goes, most of the people who look like you work in muffler shops, right? They work at Jiffy Lube and now they've flown from wherever, somewhere in the panhandle of Florida. They've flown from Ohio to get out here, yeah. probably spent a week or two's salary on all the travel accommodations and nothing that day is canceled. You can buy tickets to Sunday and maybe postpone your flight, but that's going to cost you an extra 500 bones. But to get you were those only tickets. planning on going for one day. Yeah, because I had set aside time that like, hey, Saturday, I've got my schedule cleared. I can get fucked up. I can recover on Sunday and get shit I need to get done on uh, Monday again. Right. I can get right back to work. My schedule won't allow for me to go get fucking hammered on a Sunday night okay. and then drive home from Las Vegas at 11 p.m. And there is no option to go to this sort of event and not get hammered to you at this point in your life. I don't think so. Right. I mean, do you want to see a bunch of 40-year-old men play songs about teenage heartbreak sober? I don't want to go to this thing in general, so it's kind of hard for me to imagine. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know. but You know what occurs Touché. to me, though, is that I feel like my mental state like i have this thing where once i start to expect something and then i don't get it my brain goes to like I'm, I'm annoyed and so when i think about the threesome thing it's like if i never at any point thought i was gonna have a threesome in the night and then we don't have a threesome what the fuck do i care yeah. but if you're like bringing the stripper home all like it's getting so close and then it's like oh no she has some something comes up which in the is the elevator lobby yeah that's just like Fuck, I could just imagine, and especially my drunk animal brain, I yeah. could imagine myself being like pretty fucking annoyed. But then it's the same thing with this festival. It's like a random Saturday in Vegas doesn't seem too bad. Like we could figure out all kinds of stuff to do. But when I think that I'm going to have this specific experience and then that's taken away from me, 
something has to happen with that energy, yeah. and it might just be me acting a fool at yeah. the win, yes. ordering a few too many cocktails. Yes. I don't know. Not, and, not at this point in my life, but maybe. And that's what starts happening. Yeah. So right away, all of the lower-tier bands, the bands that were playing during the daylight hours, right. they start talking about doing secret pop-up shows all over Las Vegas. My Chemical Romance, those kind of guys, they're not going to be able to find a venue on short notice. It's too big of an operation. But these little bands start announcing, hey, we're going to be at Skip's Barbecue at 9 p.m. tonight. Armor for Sleep and the starting line are a bunch of jack-offs. Hawthorne Heights, they announce a show at the Stratosphere. Uh They somehow lock down an arena that wasn't in use at the Stratosphere. And that one in particular becomes the rallying point for all these pissed-off, drunk emo kids who flew out from Cincinnati, Ohio. Okay. My girlfriend and I start leisurely getting ready for that. Like, oh, yeah, we'll go see these bands. I don't. I know, like, two songs by each of those bands. Didn't give a fuck. But Something I really, to do. I, I, and mostly for journalistic purposes, I wanted to see what was going on. Well, you came here. You got to do something, yeah. Well, I check my Twitter maybe 15 minutes after the show was announced. Maybe 30 minutes. But the stratosphere has security guards herding emo kids en masse away from the building. It sold out, or it reached occupancy in the time it took for people to get an Uber. And the festival was right across the street from the Strat, so all of those dejected, ready-to-riot emo Mm. kids just charged to the stratosphere and stormed this auditorium. So Twitter videos start emerging, and I might send some. I might send Josh some after this. Those videos start emerging of people just screaming and yelling, and basically just carrying on in the Stratosphere main lobby, right? Like ready to start fucking raping cocktail waitresses, holding up the casino cage. It's like Woodstock '99. You got nothing to do, and all these people are frustrated. They feel like they've been taken advantage of, so they're just the energy becomes way different, huh? Yeah, uh-huh. but I mean, thankfully, when your favorite band is Dashboard Confessional. <laughs> No versus corn, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's uh, the energy is a little bit more subdued, but that starts happening. And then we look at the no, the All American Reject show that got scheduled at a barbecue place. Immediately, that has a line almost a mile in length. Yeah, because how many people can the barbecue place have? Like a couple hundred, at most. Yeah, so I mean that sounds crazy as fuck when you've got twenty thousand people that were going to go to this festival, right? I, I know, and it just like. And again, to get back to that point we were talking about earlier. Or more. I guess the festival's bigger. Festival's like 60,000, right? I'm not sure. I don't know. I'm not sure. But like, it's one thing to wait on the sidewalk of a barbecue place for four hours to see all of those bands. But when all you're going to be hearing is that shitty Swing Swing song. Ooh, that band's good, though. And, That's uh, a good song. You like that song? Yeah, I do like that song. And uh, <laughs> gives you hell. You look like the guy from that band. It's a compliment. That guy's sexy. Okay. I think he's a male model. But I'm not going to wait in that line. There's a picture, dude, that I'm going to have Josh definitely insert right here uh-huh. of a guy dressed up like one of the marching band members from the My Chemical Romance Black Parade crying on a curb. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. That emerged really? somewhere around this time. Oh, I can't around wait 3 to PM. see this. We got to get it brought up. I can't believe I didn't screenshot Crying it. because he didn't get into the show? Dude, he the amount of time he spent on his makeup that morning, he probably got up at 5 a.m., and this is probably all he could think about. Like wow. he might have got fired from his job because he was so mentally distracted right. all summer about seeing Gerard Way in the flesh. It's crazy for me because people always give me a hard time, or like you know, people always want to sort of like uh, backseat drive your your entrepreneurship, you know. So they look at my shit and they're like, "Well, you were basically right there the whole time that Rolling Loud was building what they built, and that Lyrical Lemonade was building their festival. Why didn't you ever do a festival?" 
And it's like, fair enough. Obviously, like they've created great businesses with that and everything. But at the same time, never really been something I was passionate about. And then when I hear stories like this, and I just realize like how easy it would be to spend a year planning an event and then just have it rain or in this case wind which i didn't even know was a reason why a festival could Mm -hmm. be canceled it Mm -hmm. just like really makes me not want to devote my life to doing in-person events with tens of thousands of people and you mentioned before this went hot these mics that they have to pay all the artists oh yeah what do you think they're paying headliners for something like this hundred thousand plus a couple hundred thousand i mean at, at rap festivals you even hear about people getting like a million for festival for but for headlining spots i would think that most of these bands though would be more in the like tens of thousands or maybe a hundred thousand or something like that but yeah. i don't know like blink 182 isn't that, weren't they on it no they're gonna be there next year but- i feel like blink 182 probably gets like at least half a million i think but, so but i don't know i think my chem probably got half a million i think paramore probably got a ton of money too yeah but you're right all the little bands that were playing at 1 p.m that's what i wonder the is how, how do the the really small bands like how many of them are playing for free or for super cheap probably a lot of them yeah just hoping they get a little boost in their spotify downloads for the month it's, it's so obviously just good for their business even if they don't make much money off this particular performance mm-hmm. you know just to be there and be part of that yeah so they have to refund all the tickets from saturday and all the bands are still getting paid does the insurance even begin to cover this because yeah you have to ref- you have to still pay for the venue still pay all the bands but then you don't get any of the ticket revenue you mm-hmm. sell zero merch mm-hmm. you know it's just like it's so fucked and there were reports coming out in a bunch of vegas magazines that the festival in the week leading up was a complete shit show really i guess vendors were pulling out it came out too. the new guy who replaced tom delange in blink 182 i think his name's matt skiba yeah yeah i seen because i seen them perform a couple years ago yeah and he's he's from alkaline trio yes he said that the festival announced the lineup without any of the bands having confirmed wow they that which is a bold move i kind of respect it on the one hand wow it's like me putting on my instagram story that i'm gonna fuck kylie jenner in the year 2023 <laughs> you're gonna go on joe rogan <laughs> yeah I'm gonna, joe rogan you're gonna have me i'd prefer to do a weekend in march it's it's sort of like doing that and most of the bands i guess like fucking law of attraction speaking into existence where it's like yeah this is kind of fucked up we didn't agree but sure yeah we'll do it right and it, it mostly worked out but there were reports that with the vendors that this was shaping up to be a woodstock 99 type of fiasco mm. and i'm still waiting on those stories from how it went down on sunday but i just wonder like it seems like it, it seems like it wouldn't be that fucking difficult to organize a music festival it, it's like it's crazy how many of these stories we hear about these fucking shit shows. Like, don't you just get a guy who used to work for Coachella and he's your advisor and right. he tells you what to do and not do? But the problem is, is that even if you have experts involved, even if you have really, really qualified people, that you could just have one innocent little stampede during a Travis Scott performance and then there's 10 dead toddlers Uh and then all of a sudden you're looked at as a murderer and as somebody who's taken a gigantic L on this event even though besides that I'm sure that they actually made money and everything went well although I guess when you think about the lawsuits that are coming in that'll probably negate any potential profits but I don't know I mean I just feel like it's not worth it. It's not worth it to put this much time and effort into this because there's so many things that could go wrong. You're looking at it as like, oh, this should be so easy. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of looking at it like this seems damn near fucking impossible. And yeah, people pull it off. 
But it's just, I don't know. I would be so nervous about doing a fucking thing like this. Like, just the expectation that that many people are going to fly in Mm -hmm. to see these bands perform that I booked is just, like, so, like, Mm nerve-wrenching. And the bands don't give a fuck. They're getting paid either way. You could tell the bands didn't give a shit that the show got canceled. Really? Yeah, stories of Manchester Orchestra, for instance, came up of them just drinking in a hot tub once the announcement was made. Free day off in Vegas, or rather $90,000 payday in Vegas, where we don't have to do shit. So you are on your own. Nobody gives a fuck about you. The fans don't care about you or your festival. They just want to see the bands. You ever listen to Madball? What's that? Hardcore band. Never mind. I (laughs) I just had him on the podcast, Freddie Madball. And it was uh, it was pretty crazy just hearing hearing the stories of a real working class hardcore band that's just been going at it for still all doing it. these years. Still yeah. doing it? Still hopping in the van? I mean, they were a band in like the early 90s. So oh. it's like, you know, they're like 30 years in. Just grinding it out. Making 25 grand a year each, you think? I have no idea how much they're making, but he he made that perfectly clear. Like, you know, because it would, it would be so easy for him to just act like... Yeah, we're killing it. We're doing great money-wise. Fuck it. And he just makes it clear that it's like, no, we're like, not, like we're grinding. We're still doing these tours and shit like that. And it's like we're not making that much money, but it does make sense for us to do it. It's not like mm-hmm. they go on tour. You know, a lot of hardcore bands, they go on tour for a month. It's basically either they're losing money or they're breaking even. Mm-hmm. You know, they're making money, but, like, he's got kids and shit. So it's, like, it's really interesting hearing that. But but also I realized that in his head this is not even close to over. Like mm-hmm. he definitely sees them mm-hmm. still being abandoned touring for like mm-hmm. twenty, thirty years, however long he can, pretty much. Rolling stones in it, but yeah. at one billionth of the price point. Yeah. I isn't it crazy that we used to look up to the guys in those bands? I remember there was this local band, Catherine, uh-huh. this metalcore band in Sacramento, Trevor, that I really liked. Right. Um the bassist got a staph infection from swimming in the Sacramento <laughs> River. No, these guys. I, I remember seeing them. Well, live. I saw those photos on his anyone up. What's that? I saw the photos of his staff infection. Who's uh, the bassist? Um, uh, but I, I remember seeing these guys live, and I remember thinking, like, wow, what a great life. Like, and I remember, <laughs> I remember driving down the street after the show, listening to their record again, being like, it'd be so great to be in the band Catherine because no matter what happened to you, you would always be happy knowing you were a rock star. That was seriously how my mind thought. I didn't realize that they were making probably poverty line level incomes. Right. And that was at the peak of their popularity. That's such an innocent time in your life when you're like high school age slash early 20s and you think that your local metalcore bands are a big deal because they're like playing like 200 person shows. Uh I definitely had that period in my life where I thought that all these bands were like really fucking killing it Uh and in retrospect but I love that that time period in your life where you don't know or care about the size of the shit that you're into Uh you know like I see all these Kendama kids who are like geeking out about getting like 10 followers from from a viral reel or something Mm -hmm. and I just realized like they love this shit so much that they don't give a fuck about the fact that this is totally irrelevant and that mm-hmm. like that this is just a mystery to the vast majority of the world because mm-hmm. I'm in a huge niche with rap. Mm-hmm. You're in a huge niche with comedy in a sense. Like these are things where you just know that the ceiling is fucking massive. Mm-hmm. You know, the ceiling for comedy is playing to like 20,000 people or some mm-hmm. shit. The ceiling as a rapper is rapping to like, you know, tens of thousands of people, whatever. But then like when you're young, you just don't really like calibrate for that, or at mm-hmm. least I didn't. Yeah, and it can fuck with you now that 
you get into these careers, you and I. Yeah. Like for me, I remember when I first started my YouTube channel and I got a thousand subscribers. Mm. Dude, I was so psyched. Immediate Instagram celebration post. And in my head, I thought like, you know, all those stuck up sorority girls who rejected me in college. Yeah. They're going to see that I got a thousand subscribers on YouTube now. They're going to be DMing me looking for a blowjob. But it's crazy how as you get into a position in life, all, all of a sudden it takes so much more to make to move the needle on your happiness. Like you were so happy about having a thousand followers mm-hmm. or a thousand subscribers. But then if you went on some podcast or did a collaboration with somebody and all of a sudden you just got a thousand follower boost that day, it would make you like a little bit happy, but it's not like really going to move your happiness. Yeah. Right. And the other day I had this reminder because I was working out and as I'm coming back into the house, I just see on the street outside my house, I see a $20 bill and then another $20 bill. And I'm like, what the fuck? And then I think that's what happens when you live in Beverly Hills. I know. I'm like, cash I'm, floating I'm down like, the I street. have to go look again. I like, I was already like 20 feet away. I was like, no, I have to go look again. I went back. I turned the light on my phone. I found another $20 bill. I found $60, what? dude. In the gutter outside of your house? Literally, like right just next to some car. Like somebody must have dropped it. But It was some lady walking her Pomeranian. It fell out of her pocket when she grabbed her phone. I don't know, uh, dude, but I found 60 bucks. And, and I was thinking about how for the vast majority of my life, that 60 bucks would have made me like really happy. Yeah. And that now it doesn't really mean anything, but it still felt really good, even though it doesn't really make sense that it feels good. It was a symbol, that yeah, $60. Yeah. yeah. And also, this, what we're in now, it's not just that our nerves have been fried to, to pleasure and to the progression in our industry. It's also that we just know so many damn successful people down here in Los Angeles that if you're making – Money that you couldn't imagine ever making in your life when you were in your early 20s. Say you make 500 grand a year. Most people would consider that a stupendously great income. But we know people who make $5 million, $10 million a year, and we see the way they're living, and we see the houses they live in. And in Los Angeles, everything's so much more expensive. $500,000 a year, you're like, fuck, dude, i got to step it up. Yeah, This is paycheck to paycheck. I refuse, though. People who, like, actually pick up a lot of fucking really expensive habits along the way. Like, what would be your increases in how much you are spending on your life if you were making, you know, a, a million or, you know, let's let's say more. Let's say making five, ten million dollars a year. Well, first of all, Adam, what I'd like, you, to, I'd like to get out do? of the 2008 Mercury Sable. Okay. I'd like to upgrade that. Okay. Is that understandable? That is fair. I would like to, and my apartment's very nice, I would like to get out of... The mid-city hood where I'm literally dodging M80s every day. Does it feel like that for real? Or you just hear about crime in your area? No, my neighborhood is – it's safe. I don't think it's unsafe, but it's very working class and very – I mean, next to us is a Section 8 housing unit. adjacent to hoods? Everybody immediately next to me. So, yes, literally adjacent to me. They all have a mental disorder, and a lot of them are hoarders. And so almost every morning, there will be a pile of debris in front of our apartment that somebody living in a studio had to get rid of to make room for more shit he brought in with his shopping cart. That sort of stuff. And there's no – I can't walk to a cafe. I can't walk anywhere. (laughs) I would like to slightly upgrade my living situation. And in L.A., to buy a decent house in a decent neighborhood, (laughs) what, 
a million bucks at least, yeah. but more likely 1.5 to Josh has given me the thumbs up higher. Yeah. Two or three million dollars is what you need to live in a very nice house in Los Angeles. Yeah. I mean, if you spend a million, you could definitely get a, a, a cool house, but you're probably going to be like a little bit further away from the actual city for sure. I lived, I rented a house that was a million dollars in LA in a pretty close to everything area. The neighborhood itself, though, still was covered in bum shit. Bums were smoking crack on a bus bench out right. in front of my house routinely. And the house looked like a house that would cost 75 grand in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Right. It is an absolutely standard three-bedroom shitty house. Okay, but upgrading your house and your car, those are like the two basic things that every person would probably do if they had money because those are kind of the main status markers for mm-hmm. our world. Uh, but beyond that, though, because that's my problem is I just I can't even – I don't think it's a problem. It's probably a good thing that I can't really think of anything that I would love to just blow money on. No, I agree. Other than that, yeah. I mean, your vacations will probably get a little pricier. Vacations definitely worth it to spend more on, yeah. Eating out. True. Cookers. Yeah. Me being on a diet, the eating out thing, that's, that is kind of a weird feeling to be like, oh, I like worked all this all these years to basically eat like pigeon food. <laughs> so that I can try to look better on TikTok. A lot of seed, huh? Dude, I, I can't believe you. Uh, your your vanity and your TikTok obsession. Do you think you're not going to last on TikTok? You're too too hated? No, we're, we're going to try. I think I'm going to try to hire one of my part-time employees full-time next month, and we're going to start cutting up short-form content. How? Oh, what if you just take – what if it, Danny Mullen is just living on the Sludge Lords account too? That way it's not like you. What do you mean? Like you could just use the Sludge Lords account. If you yourself can't exist on there, oh, like, like for instance, Sneeko, we were like toying with the idea, and I'm sure he has all kinds of opportunities, but like he could probably work for No Jumper yeah. and be on our videos all the time and yeah. be a podcast co host, yeah. even though he himself got his YouTube channel yeah. banned. It's kind of crazy. And then he could have his own vlog series on No Jumper, he could do whatever on Live this channel on because no it would be like him vlogging for No Jumper, mm-hmm. even if our financial agreement was that we were like. Basically compensating a large percentage of that money. That's kind of crazy. It's so depressing. Even, skirt around that band. It's so depressing to even think about the Sneeko situation, dude. I can't do it. And I, just, I hate that shit. It's crazy. China, though, dude. I bring, Thinking of uh, TikTok, I was reading a book last night. I was trying to get to sleep, but my hours <laughs> are still the hours of a crackhead because I've been doing Adderall in Las Vegas. Right. I was reading a book last night on China's atrocities. Dude, when they had that one-child policy. Right. If they found out that a woman was pregnant with a second child, they would drag her into a state-run hospital and give her a forced abortion. What? Dude, they would induce artificial labor and then drown the baby in front of her. What the fuck? Really? China's fucked up, dude. China is fucked up. And you are are dancing and pirouetting and weightlifting (sighs) shirtless on their platform. Yep. And I really actually think that it probably should be banned. TikTok. Yeah. Because it's spy shit. But I'm it's not. espionage. For the time being, I'm just going to engage and just gleefully take part. I want to do a TikTok with you. Oh, we should. Let's do a dance. You want to do a dance? Oh, I have a dance. Right after this? Yeah. What's the dance? It's, okay. It's basically like you go like this three times, and then you go like this. And then, I forget the last part. I did you it with like AB this? and Gina. Is this correct? Yeah, this is this is part two of the dance, yeah. It's a Destroy Lonely song. I've never listened to the full song, but I've heard the, the sound about a billion times on TikTok. If you if BMX biker Adam oh, could God. go 15 years into the future and see you doing this, would he kick you immediately in the nutsack? I don't want to hear his opinion. He wouldn't like what you're doing. It's foul. 
But hey, we're out here. We're using social networks to try to stay young in the eyes of our audience. And for all the shit I've talked on TikTok, I'm I'm down I'm so to do a down. dance. I'm so down. I'm so down to do a dance. And absolutely, we're gonna have clips going up on there soon. Once yeah. I start cutting up short form content, dude, oh. it, my pee situation is out of control. Like, you I, piss I, a lot? I have to pee like every forty five minutes. I don't understand. I have to piss all the time too. A lot of people talk shit on my bladder size. It's just because I'm like eating really healthy, so I don't have that many carbs. So somehow the water just like flushes through my body instantly. A very scientific take on things. I think that's how it works. It might also be that you're drinking more water because you're minding your health. You've got two bottles next to you. Well, I'm not, I haven't cracked either of those. Look, <laughs> I just had to piss that bad. And look at my water. I'm pretty sure this is exactly the amount of water that I had when I left the house. So I don't think I took even a sip of water this whole time. And I still had to piss like urgently uh -huh. 45 minutes into the podcast right there. And it was more volume than you've drank out of that Camelback. It was just straight Nile River, dude. It was a lot of pee. I have to do this. I have a Gatorade bottle next to my bed, and it, it really upsets my girlfriend. But in the night, you pee in it. Three times a night, you'll just hear, <laughs> and that's me filling up a Gatorade bottle, dude. You really do that? In the well, You can't get up? I put my little weenie in the bottle and just let it go. You can't get up? I can. I'm physically <laughs> able to. Do I want to? No. Well, how far away is your bathroom? It's about 10 feet. I mean, like I, I in the same way, especially now that I have like so much less carbs, I feel like I'm I'm waking up to pee three, four times in the middle of the night. Dude, you got to get the bottle. It's about 10 feet. When I do, you know how pilot whales can float around the, the ocean with half their brain asleep? I could just get out of bed. But you wake up when you do that. Not that I'm much. I'm not fully awake. I've woken up sometimes and there's a full Gatorade bottle of piss and I don't remember doing anything to it. It's not that much of a wake up. It's a big wake up. I wake up a tiny bit. Like, not really. My eyes barely open. Like, I have almost no recollection of any of the peas that I took last night during my sleep, except for the fact that they happened because I'm basically still sleeping while mm -hmm. it happens. If anything, it's kind of nice because it's sort of cold. Uh -huh. I get up from under the cover. Uh -huh. I pee. Uh -huh. Feels good. I'm cold. The pee is hot. Then I, like, jump back under the cover. All of a sudden, the cover feels really good because it was kind of cold in the bathroom. I've never seen you more giddy and joyful than when you just described getting up to pee in the bathroom. So, you know, keep doing it. Honestly, I, yeah, going to bed just makes me really happy every night. It's nice. Just getting in there and just being like, oh, eight hours of nothing. Mm. Less than nothing. Mm. I like it when I get in a little early, too, so I have like nine hours. Oh. So if I fall asleep 30 minutes early, I'm cashing in on my eight plus some. For me, if I can get eight hours, that's pretty luxurious because I'm like pretty down to get six or seven or five with the kid and i just have to deal with it oh yeah just fight through it yeah i feel like six or seven is still good with the kid but yeah. uh one disclaimer about the piss bottle there was an incident in san francisco because i've been doing this for 10 years there was an incident in san francisco in 2015 where i was pissing in a carlo rossi bottle uh-huh and a rossi bottle if you've seen them they're the size of a basketball right they're the size of a basketball okay. and i would sometimes go three nights without ever emptying the bottle right because it just has such a large volume. You're just gathering that much piss. But, okay, this is the thing. For the if winter. You, if you pee in a bottle and then you leave it for more than, like, a day, it starts to smell so bad when you uncap it. Dude, there was a white <laughs> calcium-like material building up <laughs> all over the bottle. 
And soon it started to morph from white into this strange purple and brown. There might have been a mushroom growing out of the interior of the Rossi. It gets super dark the longer you have the piss sitting there. A mushroom. (laughs) But dude, get this. Get this. I come back from the Marina District, which is where we went out chasing pussy when I was in my 20s. I come back hammered one night with some little number I picked up at the Tipsy Pig. Guess what's on the floor, uncapped? I love that you have the uncapped. Are you fucking serious? The capped version is like kind of gross, but uncapped? There's When you do it every night for 10 years, you're liable to screw up once or twice. Haven't no, you ever yeah. forgotten to set the alarm? No, but I had this exact situation happen to me where back in the day, because I was playing poker, you know, so it's like you have all these tables going. Now I play tournaments where there's a break every hour for five minutes, right? So it's great if you want to take a piss. Yeah. You, you line it up so you take your piss break once every hour. My problem is that I was having to piss so bad yesterday, 10 minutes before the break, I'm completely fucking up my schedule because I can't wait a full hour, yeah. a full 55 minutes but anyway back in the day i'm playing cash games so it's like you kind it's it's a huge pain in the ass to have to go stand up and go to the bathroom so i'm keeping a gallon jug under my desk and just pissing into this playing online yeah and and girls are like coming over and there was a couple times where i forgot to remove the piss jug and they saw it Mm -hmm. and were disgusted and that's lemon lime gatorade baby and you just have to tell them about it like as if it's like a badass part of playing poker is like yeah i piss in a jug yeah you know fighter pilots do the same thing yeah, I don't do it anymore, but I used to live that life. Well, I knocked over my jug, and dude, it smelled of straight ammonia. Just whatever collects at the bottom of a dumpster uh-huh. in the summertime in a parking lot in Louisiana. You knocked it over in your home. Three nights worth of piss oh. in the fetid Carlos Rossi bottle. Dude, your with girlfriend girl. should break up with you. Well, she wasn't in the picture at the time. I don't care. This is the fact that this happened at any point in time is enough for her to break up with you. So it's it's done. Because Leave of this. him, sis. It wasn't the graphic description of anal sex I shared about her earlier. It's that I peed no, that in a bottle is a, That once. makes her a way better life partner, for sure. It was but very tight. Anal princess, <laughs> anal princess mullen. <laughs> anal princess mullen. But, dude, this... Like, I had to swab and scrub mostly oh. mostly the next morning after the chick left, but the scent never left that room. Oh. And that's the one word of caution I want to give you before you start using the bottle trick. I'm glad I don't know enough about what that would smell like, but to me, in my brain, that... Like, the wood floors in my house, I don't think I would ever be able to get the smell out that would come from that. Mm. Like, I feel like I would have to call the city. What kind of house are you living in? Don't worry about it. But, bro, you can come over. But, bro. Bro. That smell. I, You know, I thought of this. Picture this. Can you picture the smell in your head based on these words? Dirty Chinese restaurant. I thought you were about to say dirty Chinese pussy. No, that's hot. Which is. I don't know if I I ever had a bad one. I like how the Chinese pussy would smell any different than whatever else. Chinese badge is fire. It's pretty clean. Yeah. They're naturally clean people. Dirty Chinese restaurant. You just smell it. Wet market in Chinatown. Ugh, that's way worse. Mm, yeah, but I can smell it. The distinctive thing about the dirty Chinese restaurants restaurant smell is the fact that you're you're picturing like the Lysol smell with like the orange chicken smell uh-huh. with the like not terribly strict health board uh-huh. smell. And the smell wafting over from the cutting board where they just decapitated a goose. <laughs> I was just killing all kinds of random animals. You know, in there. And then when they missed a shipment, like, oh, we missed shipment from San Francisco. What do yeah. we do? They just go out back. There's a park yeah. and they just throw a net at a duck. 
and wrestle it back in and pass it off as goose after beheading it. I uh, when I was reading articles about the wet markets, I was glad that I didn't know what that smelled like. The wet markets in Wuhan. Yeah, like where they cooked up the COVID. Allegedly. Well, now that story is less accepted, huh? Yeah, but I mean, just like the idea that there was just all these filthy animals just living in the same quarters and that it was enough to create a plague. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. That makes you interested, though. Is like, should we be doing government interventionism into places that just have lax health standards? Like, should we do a drone attack on these wet markets? I can think of worse ideas.